It's Monday, December 7th, 2015, and you're listening to episode 386 of Through the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 51 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. My name's Chad. This is still Brodor. And this is still Chris. You guys can't do the still. We're on our first take. Hey, that's Wayne's <laughs> and it only when it messes up. And it's when Wait, we what? mess up. Yeah, yeah Wayne, okay. Wayne is a stick that oh, when we mess up, course, he, first right, time he says, right, this right. is Wayne. We mess up, we re-record, and he says, this is still Wayne. Well, I guess my mother was right. I've, I've ruined something else. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said that is if you ever want to like shut people down on a birthday, like you're coming up on a big one, like a 40 or a 50 mm. or a 60 or something like that, and you really want to shut people down because you don't want to make a big deal out of it because you're getting birthday blues or whatever, when they ask you what you want, you just respond with a gun and one bullet. <laughs> uh, my father says that that's actually his retirement plan. Jesus. Uh, okay. So, speaking yeah. of dark, wow. Okay. Blades in the dark. So, yeah, I dark? apologize to everyone. <laughs> Your mother was right. Yeah. <laughs> so, continuing to be a disappointment, brother. Uh, all right. So I am so as of this recording, like we said last episode, we're recording these two parts on Blades in the Dark back to back. So as of this recording, I have not yet prepped the voting system for the Battletech game <laughs> because um literally no more than about sixty seconds passed. <laughs> so can we talk about your limited supply? <laughs> No, <laughs> no, we cannot. Okay. But do look for that by next week. Next episode, I will have the voting system up and ready to go, and I'll have the details for you guys on that. All right, so we talked about Blaze in the Dark last time. If you guys even gave half a damn, I hope you looked it up. If yeah. you didn't give half a damn, hey, welcome to another episode. <laughs> You're going to get more stuff you don't give a crap we're about. Gonna do, we're going to play paperwork in the dark, because it sounds like a yes. lot of bookkeeping. All right, Done. so... Chad, Administrative next- bullshit in the dark. <laughs> I'm sure during this past week, lots of people asked lots of great questions on the forum yes. that we do not know yet whether existed or not. <laughs> and Although so, I did like that one question. I thought that was very insightful. Oh, man. But what about that guy, dude? Man, what a dick. I can't believe we had to ban him over it. I know. So <laughs> made Wayne cry. Oh, really? let's invite him back. <laughs> Give him a special forum title. <laughs> I'll write a script to bloat his post count of Lord Fowl. <laughs> all right, so I used to want to get Wayne and Pat on here at some time to get their take yep. on all of this. But before we turn into a Blades in the Dark dedicated show, <laughs> well, yeah. let's at least deal with this other part. Because, right. Chad, one of the things that we have always been somewhat resistant to, and I don't want to say completely against, Mm -hmm. is the use of electronics in the game, especially for a local play game. And I've never been totally against them, because especially for some games that involve a fair amount of record keeping, like a Battletech game Mm -hmm. where you have to track resources or something like that, Excel has been my friend. Right. Even for a normal game when I'm GMing. OneNote. OneNote, or I use Google Docs. Yep. You know, I use their document system. I use their spreadsheet system. It's a great way to track my NPCs, track my plots, mm-hmm. keep notes on what's going on. If I forget on my computer, no problem. I can pull it up on my phone. Mm-hmm. 
I've also loved using it for things like Mythweaver, which is a character sheet repository. But on the flip side, they also can be distracting people alt tab or do the equivalent thereof and look at other things. Or even if you're trying to use it in a group setting, like you're Mm -hmm. trying to project something on the table, if anyone remembers the land parties of yore, <laughs> if you had eight hours of land party, that was typically two to four hours of technical troubleshooting. <laughs> yep. And then the remainder was gaming. And this can all sweeten your tabletop games. So I don't want to say we're against this. But I am fully on board now. But it is something that even, yeah. even I, who've had a much softer stance on it, have always been somewhat nervous about. But I want to hear how are you using this specifically right now right. with your Blaze in the Dark game? Okay, so if you remember last episode, if it didn't get cut out, because I remember it, it was only 60 seconds ago. Last episode, I talked about how I'm going to have to tell this story. And the story is I use a computer setup. Yes, and that I congratulated is be- you on, yes. on beginning with a thesis that will be restated in the conclusion. <laughs> right, right. And it's beyond just a laptop where I open the lid and I, and I read my notes, right? Sure. There's actually multiple monitors. The way the monitors are faced, I have a monitor that is facing the group, and I display things on the monitor that is relevant to the game. I have a speaker. I'm playing music. I'm doing all sorts of stuff, right? One of the reasons I do that, I need to tell a story first, and it's a gaming story, so I apologize in advance. All right? This is to sort of... Everybody spark up devil's lettuce, because here we go. (laughs) Devil's lettuce? You've never heard that before? Never have I heard devil's lettuce before. I guess I'm just not down with the cool kids. I guess not. Okay, so anyway, Blades in the Dark does not have combat per se. So when you think of combat in a role-playing game, generally people think of D&D or Pathfinder or, God forbid, Rifts or something like that. You have a monster or a guard or whatever, and it is a bag of hit points and experience, and you kick their shins until they explode into stuff. That's not how Blades in the Dark works, all right? So last episode, we talked about <laughs> clocks, mm-hmm. and you have these clocks. So what the clocks represent when you're taking down a score is an obstacle to overcome right now. And I mentioned that there's all these different kind of clocks. I'm still not going to get into that because that could be a whole freaking show in and of itself. I do have to ask about one clock yeah. because the moment you start talking about these clocks, the first thing that came to my mind, and I doubt I'm alone. In fact, probably Mm -hmm. between episodes, somebody else has mentioned this in the forums, the doomsday clock. (laughs) Is there something like that in the game where you start with a clock that's mostly full that represents what some hideous, Lovecrafty and evil is doing, and through the party's progress, you're trying to take pie pieces off of it while the activities of the villains are adding pieces to it. And if the doomsday clock reaches midnight, you're f- you know how we said that there are projects, yeah. The players are not the only ones who have projects. Gotcha. I have a, bu- I have a gamer <laughs> boner right now. That's so good. I That's that would so be actually cool. That would add a whole lot of. If there's anybody in my group who is listening right now, fast forward, turn the mute on, turn the sound off, whatever. I'm about to give a spoiler. Okay. But there is a faction in the game called the Weeping Lady. Okay. The Weeping Lady has a project clock called the Songs for the Deaf, which is a Queens of the Stone Age album. Mm -hmm. But the Songs for the Deaf, they are trying to create the Songs for the Deaf. And if they do this... All of the weird characters, of which we have a couple in the group, are going to experience a whole lot of pain and entanglement. They're going to 
So it's, it's like color from outer space. Yes. Except they are going to they sounds for yeah, them. They are going to See? pull some crazy shit. And the group, I've been trying to drop hints to the group so that they would notice this. And then when they notice this, then they can take action against that faction to reduce or eliminate their project clock. See, what Every do, faction in the game has a project clock that they're trying to work what on. What I would do to add a little bit of a sense of urgency to the game is that one clock, I would somehow figure out a way to do it like on a piece of like gloss paper <laughs> that, I, that could be like, yeah. like dry erase, right. and that would be hung on the wall. <laughs> Every yeah. time you look up, the doomsday clock, yeah, the big one, whatever, whatever right, that is, right, right. is is sitting the right there. The big Legend there. of Zelda moon with the angry face is getting yeah, exactly. Closer. Sorry, go on. So, well, and, and to to play off that, like you're taking down a score, yeah, and you can have a clock that's counting down. So they're trying to deal with a guard, and a guard is this clock, and they're trying to eliminate a security system, and that's another clock. Every time they mess up a pie piece gets eliminated or added to it doesn't matter sure from this clock this main clock now they can do nothing to directly affect the clock they can't do any rolls they can't do anything and this clock is the guard patrols the guards are patrolling and this is how suspicious they are so if the so, players make too much noise you add they, a pie they piece. keep messing up and they keep doing like you can beat up a guard you can be kind of loud about it but if you mess up yeah yeah, and I think these are all concepts, yeah. even if you're not... It adds pl- tension to it. Yeah, even if you're not playing mm-hmm. Blades in the Dark. And so yeah. you don't directly have these clock mechanics. I still think there are sorts of things that you can do. You can say, for example, I my, think... My I, Silent Memories game has a four-hour timer. You can bitch and kibitz and plan and overplan and overanalyze as long as you want. That doesn't bother me, because when that clock reaches zero, you're all dead. Sure. Or you can do something like, you know, you take four little pebbles and each time the group screws something up, a pebble gets pushed out to the middle of the table. Oh, no, 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 no. What's all four? Wait, you're doing it wrong. You have a glass bowl and you have pebbles and each time they do something like that, you throw it in there. And the reason why you do that. Make noise. It goes tink. (laughs) Yeah. And once you get a certain. That table will get real quiet real fast. And once you get a certain (laughs) number in there. Something bad happens. That's right. I mean, the point is that whether you're using Blaze in the Dark or whether mm-hmm. you want to use these clock metaphors or not. Oh, my not, God. I'm totally going to use that this pebble in the bowl thing. That's <laughs> awesome. But the point being that these are still concepts <laughs> yeah. of progress or mm-hmm. retrograde progress right, right. or tension mm-hmm. that you can adapt to any game and it's any system. visceral. Yes. It's very visceral. So it's in their face. please don't get too hung up on the specific title because once again, I think yeah. these are concepts you can apply to anything. All right. So, so gaming story and I want to hear about yeah, your AV setup. Yeah. Okay. So the gaming story that I have to tell explains how these clocks work. So the clocks and blades in the dark, when you're taking down a score, it, it, it represents an obstacle that needs to be overcome. So there's this guard there, and he is guarding the back door to this mansion you're trying to get in, and you have to get past him somehow. Well, I might throw a clock up, and it might be one with not a whole lot of pie pieces, whatever, it doesn't matter. And I really had to explain to the players in my group, because like I said, this is very much outside their wheelhouse. Not all of them are indie gamers, right? There's a lot of this is new territory for them. I had to really drive home to them several times. This clock is not hit points for the guard. So you could run up to the guard and you could do these attack rolls and punch him and stuff. And I'm going to be filling in slices of the pie. Or you could go up and you can talk to him. 
and you can convince him to like go take a break or that there's an emergency over in the alleyway or threaten him, scare him, intimidate him, bribe him. Or you could sneak by him. Maybe he's standing a little way from the door and he's smoking a cigarette not paying attention. You got the sneaky cat burglar type who can slip in behind him. You're going to be making rolls and you're filling up that clock. And when the clock is filled up, you are successful. Now, maybe you have successfully beat him to a bloody pulp. Maybe you have successfully passed him a bribe. Maybe you have successfully snuck past him. Or maybe you have successfully done one of a dozen things that I can't even think of. The clocks do not represent hit points for a monster. It's progress toward a goal. The goal. And it's progress towards overcoming an obstacle. So the gaming story is that they're trying to take over this territory. And the territory is, is run by another gang. See, that's the thing, is that you have to expand your gang. You have to take over territory. There are no free territories. Every single territory is controlled by a different gang. And it's all on the map on their gang crew sheet, right? So when you take over a territory, you have factions. And all the factions, have you have ratings with them. Three to negative three. Sorry, either they really, really like you or they really, really hate you. And taking over somebody else's territory makes them hate you a little bit more. And so you got to really balance it out of who you're pissing off and who you're trying to help and what their connections are. The characters really have to think about this every time they make a move. So they're trying to take over this territory, right? Territories are controlled by a gang called the Ironborns. My characters are at a very low level. They're a very new gang. And the Ironborns are a little bit above them, but something that they can take on, right? The Ironborns control this territory. They control a couple of territories, but they control this one that the gang wants to take over. So now we have lots and lots of clocks for this takedown of what they want to do. So I have to display a whole lot of clocks for them that I want the players to see. Now, I could draw all this on a piece of paper, but I want it to be more dynamic, and I want it to be incorporated into my notes. So one of the things I've done is I've taken a laptop, and I've plugged a monitor in it, and Dawn had old cheap laptop. All this stuff sort of like happened, and it kind of inspired me. Dawn got a new laptop. She had an old cheap one that I took and then I refurbished. I'm an IT guy, so I kind of made it better, actually. My dad was getting rid of a monitor, one of those old flat screen LCDs, mm -hmm. and I could plug it into the side of the laptop. The laptop faces me. The keyboard, the monitor of the laptop faces me. The monitor is on the back side of the laptop monitor with the display facing out. I sit at the end of the table and everybody can see what's on that monitor. I control what is on the monitor. So I can share my screen of what I'm looking at. So I'm drawing clocks and when I'm drawing clocks, they see the clocks over there. Or I extend the monitor so that they don't see what's on my screen. They see what's like just on a blank desktop. What's on the blank desktop is a slideshow of pictures. The pictures are ones that are inspired by the game, that they the location of their hideout, different characters that populate the game. I had each of them, if you remember a while back, Wayne was complaining about how he didn't like to do character portraits for his character because it keeps it in his mind. I made them all do character pictures, give them to me, so that I can put them up there and every five minutes, a new picture comes up. Sometimes it's of their characters. Sometimes it's of people they're dealing with. Sometimes that's a good locations. way. Of, you know, that's a good way of keeping up just a little sense of immersion without it having to be relevant. Mm -hmm. And well, what I mean by that is when you're running a game, 
it's great that if you say, okay, you're approaching this town and here's a picture of what yeah. that town looks like. But what if you don't have a picture on hand or something like that? But if you've got running through it, mm-hmm. pictures that are generally descriptive of the game or even specific that show specific characters or specific places they yeah. know, it's a great way of just subconsciously keeping the people on the table invested yep. because every time they look up, they're going to see you know that yeah. image, right? It's, it keeps them immersed in it, right? So... Blades in the Dark, as I said last time, is heavily influenced by a video game that's terrible called Dishonored. Dishonored is inspired by a bunch of paintings by this guy who I have no idea what his name is. He had a Wikipedia. You're not going to pull it out of your ass like you did last episode. No, no, there's no way I'm pulling this guy on my ass. So (laughs) I went to the Wikipedia article on it. And there's a whole bunch of examples of his paintings, and and this is the internet, so I just type in his name, and then I have a whole raft of all of these dark, cityscape, rainy paintings of dockyards and ships. Boom, I've got ten pictures that suddenly inspire and inform the game. Uh, screenshots from, of Dishonored, where they have these bad guys called Tall Boys, which are like cops in these sort of mech suits. Take fan pictures of those not ones that are just like snaps from the game or maybe ones that are snaps from a game but they're in like really cool poses and they look cool and they don't have like the hud up there or anything like that and i have those up there after they encountered their first tall boy because none of them have played the game before and they didn't know what a tall boy was and then they had an encounter with one after that i put the pictures of the tall boys into the rotation so now that they see those so when i talk about tall boys they know exactly what the hell i'm talking about so anyway, they're trying to take down this territory and there are a bunch of clocks that are trying to fill. There's a street urchin gang called the Eels. They're trying to get the Eels on their side and the Eels are like, there's a, the leader of the Eels, his name is Larry Larry. And he's like, hey, Gov. And he goes up to Pat's character. He's like, I've been watching you work and I like your style there, Gov. Maybe you can come work for me. And then they're just like, oh my God, he's so cute. He's <laughs> this, this, this little urchin criminal kid. And, uh, and Larry Larry gave them a list of four tasks to complete. And they did them. And in fact, one of them, they completely lied to Larry Larry <laughs> to complete it. I mean, they absolutely conned this 10 year old kid. It was great. And they, they did it. And then that completed a thing. And so on my computer, right, there were like 12 clocks. A lot of these clocks were linked. So that means like when you get this clock completed, there's an arrow drawn to another clock, which fills in a pie piece. What are you using? for? I am using OneNote. Microsoft OneNote's part of the Microsoft Office Suite. It's a Microsoft product nobody's heard of. All right. Now, so of course, there's going to be people like, I use OneNote every day. What Actually, are you talking about? The only reason yeah. I had not given you that reaction up to this point yeah. is because I had OneNote mixed up with Evernote. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, <laughs> Evernote and OneNote are very similar if but you've used them. Does but- OneNote have a like a drawing feature? Okay. So let me explain to people what OneNote is if you haven't used it. Okay. I use OneNote for work. Uh-huh. I use OneNote for my personal life. I use OneNote for gaming. It's just the one note. It's just the one note. It's phenomenal. All right. So Much better what than it brown is, note. <laughs> <laughs> what it is, it's very simple. So you have so a, it's 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 like SharePoint, except completely the opposite. <laughs> yes, totally functional <laughs> and not a complete albatross. <laughs> yes. So 
you open up a notebook in this virtual program, okay. right? And in this notebook, you will have on the sidebar to the left, you'll have your notebooks. And you can click on each one, and they'll open it up, and you label them. So I have a notebook labeled Blades in the Dark. That opens up in its main reading pane, right? So mm. the main reading pane has these tabs. So you can click between the tabs, and each of the tabs is labeled. So I have my Blades in the Dark notebook, and I have the tabs, and the tabs are NPCs, factions, clocks. I have one, the strays. The gang is called the strays. The, the, the good guys, the players, are the strays. And it goes on and on. It has locations, factions, blah, blah, blah. All It has a whole bunch of them on there. When you click on a tab, then there's a pane to the right side, which is pages. So you click on each of the different pages. So in the notebook, Blades in the Dark, I have the tab of the strays. The tab of the strays has a different page for each player. So I have Dawn's character. I click on that page. Dawn's character page comes up, which has her picture. It has her notes, her write-up and everything. It has my personal notes about her character. And then I have another page, which links to that. So it it kind of like goes up into the sides. It's an organizational thing, which I can click on that. It's like right below it. And it's her projects. So I have notes on her project and I have her project clock going, right? So imagine that same setup for all the NPCs and all the factions. I have a rival gangs. How much work does this take between games to do all this? Not long at all. The organizational aspect of it is built into the OneNote program. So it's it's just like click, 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 and it's all set up, and you just label everything. Once you have everything labeled, which takes like a minute, then it's just filling in the data, which is just like writing regular notes. Okay. So the actual writing of the notes takes longer. Putting pictures in is a cut and paste. Google, hot chick, steampunk, Victorian era whatever boom you get a million pictures of that find the one you like brodor finds a lot lot. of them (laughs) yes then it's just copy paste totally plagiarize someone else's work paste that into your OneNote notebook under the correct section and you're good to go and you subdivide that you can have np again npcs and factions i have rival gangs I have what the gangs are, what their motivation. I have their project clocks, pages, and then I have write-ups for each of their major players, their uh, movers and shakers within the gang, and pictures with those. So when I say, okay, you encounter Rowan, who is the second in command of the Crows, I share my screen, it pops up for the players on the monitor that they see, and I bring up the picture of Rowan for them. They see Rowan. Then I drop that into the uh, folder that has the slideshow for all of the pictures for the game, and it starts its role, and Rowan occasionally pops up. So does it have a drawing function? It has all of the drawing tools on it, so I can make circles and ellipses and stuff, and then I can make straight lines, and that's how I make the, the clocks. And actually, Sarah, because I spent so much time like drawing the clocks, and I'm a really terrible artist, and they're all like uneven and wonky and stuff, <laughs> Sarah <laughs> so annoyed at and she's like, Chad, may I please make you some clocks? And I'm like... Yeah, sure, of course. She makes me all the clocks with the requisite number of sections. So I have a page of just clocks, and now I just copy and paste the clocks onto a working pad of, okay, this is what we're doing today. 
So anyway, like I said, they're trying to take over this territory. So I have a tab open. I have the current game. I have the current game's notes labeled by date. I name each of the the, uh, games, like the current game arc that they're in is called Why We Murder. And I have all the notes and the characters for that and all the pictures that I'll need for shorthand right there. I have my clocks tab, which has all of the different clocks, right, to take over the territory. All of them are labeled because you can type text into them that says what they do. So this took like four weeks for them to take over this territory, but it was all right there. We didn't have to worry about spilling soda on notes or losing notes or me forgetting or whatever. One of the promises I've always made you is that when I'm jacking around in electronics while you're talking, mm-hmm. it's relevant. Mm-hmm. I wish that were true of some of my games. I, I, I know. <laughs> but like whenever, if I'm ever gaming with you and yeah. you see me playing on my phone, I did the Sprodor mm-hmm. during his gore game. I, you <laughs> saw me playing on my phone. I was actually looking at things related to the game. But while you're talking, out of curiosity, mm-hmm. uh, I went out and looked up OneNote. Okay. Yeah. So I if, love OneNote. I love right. OneNote. Right. And I, I, one <laughs> of the things that I want to keep emphasizing here is I realize we're talking a lot about Blades in the Dark. Fear the Boot is not a system-specific right. podcast, right, right, right. though we seem to certainly go that direction with Battletech an awful lot. <laughs> but, I mean, we certainly do have our favorites. But, you know, what Chad's describing with OneNote, the ability to have these slideshows of characters, mm-hmm. the ability to have different No, notes. no, uh, that's Windows. Okay. Windows oh, background the win- the Windows, yeah, yeah screensaver, right, right, you can right. do slideshows. Yeah. Or you can also do it with the, the desktop it's background. It's the desktop background. Uh, yeah. But, you know, then having the ability to track different factions, mm-hmm. PCs, NPCs, projects, yep. to be able to embed audio, video files, images, charts, graphs. Out of curiosity, I just went out and looked it up. And incidentally, uh, OneNote itself, the base program, is completely free. Yes, it is. Uh, so You don't even need to buy Microsoft Office. It is free. Yeah, so if you want a copy of OneNote, I will put this in the show note. Uh, because- you, know what, you know what else I'll offer up? Because I, for the low, low price of free, when you create a OneNote notebook, it creates a OneNote file. I think it's a .one. I can save off my Blades in the Dark one note notebook and share with that. all my notes and share it and you can yeah why don't and you then people can do download that for that me and put it up yeah if you send me that one note file i will add that as a link in the show notes mm-hmm. but yeah if you want that url check the show notes but one note is free and you can get 15 gigabytes of storage for one note for free i got you one better and it's uh one note.com that's mm-hmm. o-n-e-n-o-t-e.com slash download once again if you're in the car don't feel the need to carve this in your <laughs> forearm it'll be in the show notes so you can get yeah. it from there and along with my blades in the dark notes for the current campaign i'm running my players please don't look at this there will be spoilers okay but so nonetheless we will put this up there so yeah. if you guys want to see it and get a sense of what one note can do well it is free and it sounds like it would be great for any game system this is not something that is specific to blades in the dark so. okay this is going to get slightly technical for so for the people who are computer phobic i apologize in advance should i leave the room maybe <laughs> so here's what i do i have a laptop at Pat's house. We game at Pat's house. And I have put it on its wireless and I've hooked my monitor and stuff up to it. So, gee, isn't that a big pain in the effing ass to pack all that up and take it home and then bring it back because you have to work on the... I leave it there. I leave all of it there. I leave the laptop there. So how I put notes into it is that on my home computer or really any computer, I have a Google Drive account. 
Google Drive, I have the desktop application for it, which I have installed on my home computer. And I, you know how I said that the notebook saves a one file, a, this file that is the notebook? Uh, actually, you don't even have to do that. Well, I know the Microsoft. Yeah, does. Microsoft offers with OneNote something called OneDrive, yes. which will actually sync your yep. local notebook with a remote notebook. So if you have a computer at the house where you game and you have a different one yes. at home, it will actually sync between the two up to 15 gigabytes yep. of data. So once again, if you're inclined to figure out how to do this. Yes, you can do it on Drive, Google Drive. You could do it on the, the OneNote thing. You can do it on Microsoft Cloud. You can do it on Dropbox. You put that OneNote file up on whatever service you want, and then you point your OneNote at it. I do all of my notes on my home computer at home because that's where my home computer is at my home. Really? Yes. I can do all that at home and then get up, drive to Pat's. I open up the computer. It takes half a second to sync and it's all right there. I've so, done similar. I've done similar stuff with con events and you, you, I write the, write the entire event in a Google doc and mm-hmm. then I, I have a Chromebook, and so like I did that at Fear the Con. So I just took it with me, and I didn't have to have all this extra paper. I could just flip open the Chromebook and go right into my Google Docs, and boom, the adventure's there. It's very easy to slide through and make use of that, and I'm carrying around so much less yep. than what... And I've even done that for my home campaign uh, as well when I was running my Battletech campaign. Everything was written in the Google Doc, and then... It was, hey, I, you had images in there that you could share with players and whatnot. It makes it so much easier. Yeah. And the reason why I'm using Google Drive, any of them would work, is that I also use music in the game, and the pictures for the slideshow Mm -hmm. is in Google Drive. So my desktop wallpapers that cycle through every five minutes are being accessed through a folder on Google Drive that I have mapped to my local laptop. And so that way I don't have to transfer things over. I can just throw the stuff I want into this folder, and the folder is actually on Google Drive, right. even though it looks like it's on my laptop. Yeah, I But I, I'm sure some people are listening to this and going, oh, my God, that's, I don't want to deal with that. That's horrible. That's, I am not a technological person, blah, blah, blah. I am an IT person, so eh, it, that, that was a thing for me. The cool thing about this that none of my, one of my players tried to take advantage of and couldn't get to work, but none of the others have cared about is that you can share your notebooks and you can sh- you can set security on them so that you know how we have I said we have the strays yeah it has all their project clocks and all their stuff I shared that tab out so that the other players at home can open up OneNote on their local machines and bring up that tab and edit their own stuff right that's slick. None, yeah. none of them did it, yeah, that's, but that's cool. Yeah, that's slick, though. Yeah. It, it sounds like, in many ways, it's... Because I made it a little too... It was my fault I made it too complex. It's something like a, a campaign wiki. Yeah. Except... You're in control. Well, and and so, it sounds like fee. it's also a little bit better organized, yep. as opposed to having pages where you have to click deeper and deeper mm-hmm. and deeper. Instead, it's more like a notebook, yeah. where you just kind of flip between pages or flip between and honestly, tabs. And, and if if people are listening to this and thinking, well, that doesn't sound very organized at all, or, or no more or less organized than a campaign wiki or anything else, honestly, download OneNote. I, I'm not making any money on this because it's free. 
and then download my notes for my game. Oh, and then Fear the Boot is a certified Microsoft Gold partner. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure, yes. <laughs> well, it's way better. This is way better than what I do, which is I've got my old laptop and uh-huh. my, what, Word 2003 or whatever. <laughs> I've got my folders and my different mm-hmm. files and stuff, but then I keep a hard copy. I print yeah. everything up, and then I've got my my session notes basically mm-hmm. divided by, you know, session one, session two, whatever. Yeah. Well, and- this sounds way better than what I'm doing. <laughs> well, yeah, and I hope People will try this out. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of YouTube videos and such that'll have great oh, yeah. tutorials. Yeah. But even if this is not, and there's your... easier ways of doing it than I'm doing it. If you right. do the straight, like you said, the Microsoft OneDrive thing, then it's all integrated. I added a layer of complexity onto it for no real well, discernible it's, it's, reason. Well, I <laughs> like a shocking number of nerds. Computers is what we do for a living. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if it you're was not, fun for me, <laughs> if you're not technically savvy, I mean, yeah. that's what Fear the Boot, like any RPG podcast or blog or whatever, is going to be is a whole mm-hmm. lot of ideas. Take some, leave some. Yeah. So if there's something here you can use, great. If there's not, well, then mm-hmm. hold out till next episode when. Yeah. Project clocks, that's what I'm taking. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And honestly, all you need for that's a piece of paper. Yeah. If, and if, tick marks. If, yep. if you can operate a paper and a pencil. You know what then... my original plan was for all of this? Was I was going to go to Art Mart or where the hell ever and buy an easel and get one of those big pads of paper yeah. and a marker and just draw the clocks up like this so they'd be like behind me and to my left and then draw them out <laughs> and see them. And then I'm like, you know what? I can make this much you know, more harder than that. <laughs> you could also do something like go get a children's educational toy or something that is actually a clock mm-hmm. and just start it. You know, it begins at... <laughs> One well, second oh, yeah. past and then you, midnight. You just move it. Yeah. yeah and if around. you eventually get yeah. it back around to 12 o'clock straight up, mm-hmm. then you've completed the clock. Yeah. Or you try to drain it the other way to hit 12 o'clock from the counterclockwise direction. But, you know, you could do that with a bunch of just, mm-hmm. once again, you need no technical skills for this. Just go to any toy store <laughs> yeah. or any children's store, and they're going to have books or little stand-ups, you know, that's got the clock face and a little knob in the middle you can spin to make the hour and minute, or the, yeah, the hour yeah. and minute's hands go. I know this because I have enough nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. I've seen plenty of these You are super things. uncle, by the way. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the point is, you, you can get this, and they take no technical skill to operate. Yeah. If you can turn a knob then you can make this work. So I did say I had a gaming story, and, and actually I, I found a way to, to talk about the computer aspect of it and short-circuit my gaming story, but I still kind of want to tell it because it demonstrates something else about how the clocks work and about how Blades in the Dark, the clocks are combat, and they're not combat, and they're not hit points, but they can be. The strays, our heroes, our anti-heroes here, try and take over this territory. And like I said, on the screen, they have all these different clocks, and they have one main clock. So for every one of these sub-clocks that they complete, it fills in a pie slice of the main clock. And essentially, and some of these clocks are linked so that when they fill in one clock, it links to another and fills in another slice. And there are, there's like a whole bunch that link to one and so if you do all the ones that are linked to this one, 
it'll fill in that. And so it kind of created this domino effect. It's trickle right? down clock nomics. It is trickle down <laughs> clock nomics. They could choose I they could choose to ignore two of the clocks, any two that they wanted to. Yeah. And they had a planning session. And I knocked off every single idea that they had in their planning session, and this was all the clocks I derived from that. If they thought of something I didn't and want me to put another clock there that if they complete, it will complete the main clock, which is their ultimate goal, go for it. Yes, absolutely, I want that. They didn't, but that's cool. But it was very comprehensive how many I had. So one of the things that they had was like the boss of the district who was this guy who they ended up calling nihilistic Jeff Bridges. Cause they, <laughs> they come up with nickname. We, our group is a tradition of nicknaming every major NPC, yeah. usually screwing their name up or getting them yeah, wrong. See, I think, I think most gaming groups have yeah. a tradition of ruining the name of the yes. NPC. Yes. You'll come yes. up with a name and then someone immediately at the table has something that yeah. mocks it yeah. or what have you. He, yeah. I named him John Waithe foolishly because he just became nihilistic Jeff Bridges. <laughs> so he's like the boss. Are we talking like Jeff Bridges from Tron or Jeff Bridges from what was that Western he was in recently? Oh, uh, True Grit. Yeah, that was a really good movie. Like, like which <laughs> Have jo- you seen the original John Wayne movie? I have not. But my, my both are wonderful. Oh, well, yes. My question: I mean, what Jeff Bridges? Well, are uh, I think the it was dude. Oh, yeah. Are we going with? Uh, it was a combination. The great, uh, Lebowski. The, the big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. It, it was. Imagine a combination of the dude and Rooster Cogburn from True Grit. If you can even comprehend that much, awesome. Okay, so like <laughs> Rooster okay, so, Cogburn on the Devil's Lettuce. <laughs> let, let me put it this way. So, so one of the clocks that they had was to deal with John Waith, who J- nihilist Jeff Bridges. Okay. And I said, deal with him any way you want. One of Larry Larry's conditions were kill John Waith. And he refused to tell them why. Actually, if they're, I hope they're not listening. I personally never had a reason why, and I think that made it darker because they invented reasons in their mind of what this guy did to this poor kid who isn't a poor kid at all. He's actually a little street urchin criminal who runs a gang. So they got through with all the other clocks, and it got to a point where it's like, okay, if we kill the leader, that's one pie piece, which will complete larry larry's clock which is another pie piece which connects to this other one which puts us one closer to completing this this one this other piece it's all like dominoes right right right. and so they're like well we're gonna have to we're gonna kill him and he made his sort of not hideout but his base was in this bar and the bar was called the golden cock (laughs) you laugh but it was a golden rooster and i i told brodor this I had a highbrow man, you know, I had all of the NPCs in the game play it straight. All of the players were like golden cock. (laughs) And when they would mention some of that, all the NPCs were like, what? It's just a chicken. It's right there on the sign. There's a big golden chicken right there. There's a big rooster. What are you talking about? Yeah. So they all played it straight. But there was uh, John Waith, who's in the back, and they found out a little bit about him. But he's he was an enforcer. He's a very tough guy. He's very strong. His men don't like him. They don't trust him. He had turned into an alcoholic. All they do is they pay the bartender to keep him in booze because when he falls off the booze, then he turns violent and angry. So they're just kind of keeping him sedated and keeping him up to date. He just barely runs the place, but have to deal with him, right? Basically, I, I wrote a couple of paragraphs on his backstory. 
I was afraid that they would never actually talk to the guy and the stuff that I had wrote up about the character would just go to waste. So they're rolling up into the bar and they're like, okay, well, we're going to kill this guy because this is what we need to do. This is the most expedient thing for it. So they roll. Taking another human life is the most expedient way for us to solve this problem. Exactly. (laughs) So they go into the bar and they they lay a coin down to the barkeep and said, okay, uh, we are buying the bar for one day. Kick everybody out because we don't want any collateral damage. And uh, they're rolling up for a big fight. And Pat's kind of leading the charge. And he, John Waith, is in a corner. He's got his bottle and he's drinking and Pat says hi and starts a conversation with him. So I've got a clock for this guy, right? And I was expecting, okay, they're going to start throwing punches. They're going to start shooting him. How am I going to describe a fight that's supposed to be really hard, which is one human man versus five people who have like some have mystical powers, some are really vicious fighters pat is armed to the teeth with a dozen guns and all this sort of stuff some this one person exudes acid and it's just like this craziness so i'm thinking how am i gonna do this well pat thank god starts talking to him and he starts asking him questions it's just like what i do because remember the clocks are overcoming an obstacle not hit points right so pat asks, well what you drinking and the guy takes a glass and he sets it in front of Pat, and he pours a drink. And I'm like, roll your X. X being whatever the hell the Constitution endurance is. Basically, he's given him the strongest kerosene jet fuel in the place. And Pat, like, takes a drink, or Wayne takes a drink. I'm sure that they, if they got on, oh, no, I did it, and it was this kind of roll. Whatever. Pat takes a drink, and he makes the roll. He aces the roll, right? So I color in one pie piece. And then they're talking and stuff. And then I'm like, okay, Pat, you made a pretty good argument about, you know, like trying to find out who the guy is, what he's about, what he's doing. Maybe he's lowering his guard a little bit. Make a roll for that on sway. There's sway, consort, command. There's different kind of talking skills he could do. And Pat is rolling it, but he's like, okay, I got to use stress. You want me to roll sway? I'm shooty guy. I have one die. And he's like, okay, so I need to, I'm going to use stress and I'm going to get another die. And then somebody's like, well, I'm going to help him and I'm going to do, so I'm going to help him in the conversation. I'm going to be like his wingman. I'm going to help him in the conversation. Okay, that's another die. And then that person takes a stress. So it's this very tense conversation that's going on. And he makes the role and fills in another thing. And they find out that this guy found a book. He was this enforcer, right? He's an enforcer in a gang. He beats people up. And takes their money. And if anybody tries to stop him, he gets a whole bunch of his boys, and then they beat the crap out of him. That's his life. Till one day he found a book. And the book was from before the apocalypse. And it was a nature book. It had pictures of trees and birds and animals and life in it. And it described all of this life that was in the world. And then he realized how much the world had lost in the apocalypse because the apocalypse has been passed for like 100, 200 years. This generation, all it had ever known was black skies all the time and no life everywhere and just this horrible drudgery that was their life. And that was normal and that was happy for them. He found this book that told him that there was something else and that they had lost so much and that his life was meaningless. And... 
when they found that out, the, through questioning and talking to him, they found that out. And then they started like, maybe you're right. Maybe life is meaningless. Maybe life isn't worth living. And so they kept filling in that pie chart until they got halfway through the clock. And then they were like, Pat looks at me and goes, the conversation's kind of run out. He's like, you know, in character through this back and forth of the conversation, he's like, I really don't have anything else to say or do. And we kind of role played it out where Pat's like, well, I have to say, you know, I'm honored to meet you. And this was a great conversation. And he's like, but you know what's coming? And he's like, yeah, I know what's coming. And you guys are probably going to kill me because the whole point of it was you have to get up. You have to. We want you to leave. We don't want it. We talk to you. We understand who and what you are now. We don't want to kill you, but you have to get up and leave. You have to leave the territory because we're taking it over. This is going to happen. And his whole thing is, I'm not getting out of this chair. And I don't care what any of you do. I am not getting out of the chair. And so it got to a point in the conversation where Pat's like, well, you know what? You know what's coming next. And he's like, yes. The guy takes the book out of his pocket and he hands it to Pat. And he's like, if you win, I'm going to be dead. Make me a promise. And Pat's character's like, okay, I want you to read the book. And Pat's like, okay, I will. Half the clock was filled just through role-playing. Persuasion roles, talking roles, finding things Which out. makes sense because by this point, I mean, if you think about it from a standpoint of human psychology, he's passed off the legacy. Yeah. In many ways, he said he's, his goodbyes. Mm -hmm. He's found his peace. He's found someone where even if they're enemies in one sense, they're kindred spirits in another. Yeah. He's probably not going to fight quite as hard. No, he's not. But he did because they're like, okay, it's go time. Pat pulls out his guns, makes the attack roll, f***s up his roll. <laughs> takes an injury, so I describe it where the guy takes the bottle and smashes it across Pat's face. Sarah goes in to make an attack to use her drug touch thing on her. Yeah. She screws up the roll. I have him put her in a headlock and put the jagged knife to her throat. Right. Dawn comes in, who is the human wrecking machine. She screws up her roll. He kicks the table into her gut and knocks her backwards. <laughs> he is just annihilating them. Does not get up out of his chair. Finally, they start making some decent rolls. This happens. That happens. Start filling in the clock. There's one slice left. Pat gets up, pulls out his gun, puts it to his head. And I'm like, Pat, you got him. You got him dead. Bang. I pull the trigger. Pow. Blows a hole in his head. Wayne, because everything had been going to <laughs> screws up his role uh, yeah. so bad he knocks over an oil lamp and has set the place on fire you know what it's every story every story you reach the point where it ought to end there is the final sentence there is the phrase the end or fin or whatever mm -hmm. the hell you want to put there and then there is always <laughs> this <laughs> One paragraph epilogue that starts off with, and then Wayne. <laughs> then Wayne. And then Wayne. So the. Comes the, in somehow. The golden cock is on fire. I have a rule in the game when, when 
you've reached this point. Have you ever had a situation? Actually, you have all the time. It happens all the time where it is time to go. Yes. In the game, it is time to leave. Even the players are winning, but it is time to leave. But they don't leave. They're like, oh, we can loot some more. We can kill some more. We can get some more XP or we can push this objective more. No, it is time to leave. I have started a rule that's called get on the train or you're staying in the station. And I said, okay, the bar is on fire. It is consumed. You can either get on the train and leave or you're staying in the station and the station's on fire. It is totally your call. <laughs> and so they're like, we are getting on the train. Yeah. And so we don't do roles to escape. But if they want to keep pushing stuff, they want to stay in the station, then they have to make all the roles and stuff. Right. So they, I give them the opportunity to get on the train. So they get on the train and leave. Nihilistic Jeff Bridges never got out of his chair and is consumed in the fire that engulfs the bar. Yeah, and that is a mechanic that I would love to see, or concept, I guess, I yeah. would love to see more broadly integrated across role-playing games, is what you're describing, the idea that an obstacle has to be overcome, mm -hmm. but there is not, I mean, for example, let's take good old D&D. Right. You can walk up to someone, and assuming we don't involve magic, let's just mm -hmm. stick to mundane stuff here, skills, weapons. You can choose to fight him in that as one course. You can choose to try and use social skills, intimidate, whatever, and that is another course. And yes, I do realize the overlap some because you might beat him up a bit and then try to intimidate him mm -hmm. or ask for a morale check depending on the addition or whatever. You can do it. It doesn't flow. It starts, stops, starts, yeah, stops. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's more or less yeah. two paths that might intersect. This does seem to have yep. a much more organic flow to it. So once again, be sure to check the show notes for links to Blades in the Dark, Microsoft, <laughs> OneNote. OneNote, and then also my one, my notebook. Yeah, yeah, and then if Chad gives it to me, I'll I'll, oh, I'll give it to you. Okay, just so I'll try to nag you about that. Yep. We'll have a link to that. And uh, yeah, if depending on how much interest you guys show in this topic, and depending on how much interest Wayne and or Pat or any of those. Mm -hmm folks have in coming back to it maybe we'll come back to it if not we've got plenty of things to talk about so one way or another we'll be back and in the meantime you guys have a great week and great games and we will see you next time see ya this has been a production of fear the boot copyright 2015 listeners are free to use this show in any non-commercial endeavor as long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com you can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com Fear the Boot is also a member of the Pulp Gamer Media Network of Shows. You can find other great shows in this network at pulpgamer.com. <laughs>